Welcome everyone. So let's do a heavy topic today and yet an inseparable part of our lives, dealing with grief and separation, living with pain, with emotional pain. We often don't like to talk about it or to pretend that everything is okay until it hits us, but the truth is Grief, separation, pain is a part of everyone's life at some point. So how do we work through it spiritually? What comes up for us? And um, what does it mean? What does it bring into our lives? Um, for many, the first experience of really heavy grief, heavy pain, separation, either a loss of a loved one, meaning someone passing away, or separation in the sense of losing a loved one, losing a soulmate, like separation in a relationship, is the starting point or a trigger for spiritual evolution. So the grief becomes like a stick that chases us, that doesn't let us rest. So we come to a point where we think, well, am I, you know, am I just going to lie here for 30 years and cry and uh, forget about life that exists anywhere outside this pit of grief or am I going to do something about it and then what exactly am I going to do? How do I mend my life? And it's often a bottoming out process where perhaps we realize that we can't mend our life by ourselves. We need something else, a higher power, a connection to whatever we call it, right? The divine, the spiritual um, something, a spiritual community, perhaps an exploration, a healing process, and then one thing follows another. Maybe for someone it starts as um, learning about soulmates and twin flames and past lives and the exploration of those, you know, esoteric truths, a recognition that, well, I need to heal aspects of myself uh, in hope that we will be together one day. And then they realize that, no, it, it doesn't look like we will ever be together. Now I'm ready to deal with that grief, to grieve the loss of love. And now I'm actually strong enough to allow that grief to lead me to something else, to something higher. So it's a process, but it's and I'm going to discuss this process in a more structured, in a more structured way in a moment. But this process begins with grief, with pain, with separation, as this lock unlocking the possibility of our spiritual evolution, and not spiritual evolution in the sense of gaining more knowledge or more power, but actually opening more to the reality of our soul, to the reality of who we are, and ultimately happiness. So the road to happiness 
for many often started with deep grief, deep sadness, uh, deep anger. So these are feelings and emotions that everyone, absolutely everyone experiences in, in this reality. So we have to be able to talk about it and to observe many aspects of it, the, the various uh, ways we are dealing with grief and anger and separation and pain and loss. Um, and yet observing uh, also helps not to get stuck in them, to recognize that a certain stage is important, but it does not last forever and we don't get stuck. So um, let me exemplify um, this process of grief and separation um, through a relationship breakup um, and also death. So I'm going to use those as an example because it's difficult to just speak in an abstract manner. Um, so the beginning of the spiritual path, as I said, for many, even for myself, um, was triggered by a relationship problem, by a situation where, you know, somebody I love is does not want me, does not want to be with me, or does not want to be with me anymore. So what do I do with this? Why did it happen? You know, how do I get to be with them? And so many of my clients came to me in order to, um, you know, be with their twin flame. Yes, so let's clear, let's clear what needs to be cleared. I want this, this, this to be cleared, and then we can be together, and then we will come together again and it doesn't matter that we were apart for 20 years we'll be together again um, but the problem is this let's clear this and this and this I know exactly now ah now I know what I need to do I need to clear everything within me so that we can be together and make sure you clean up for my twin flame as well because that is the way for us to be together um, and this is a very common ego response. So the ego reacts to the pain of loss, the pain of separation with a deep, deep hurt, deep sadness, deep grief. It's a wound of the inner child that gets awakened. And the ego protects this wound as well. Protect, there is a protective mechanism. So it protects itself from dissolution and it identifies with the wound in some way. So in the case of a love relationship, this mechanism lets clear whatever needs to be cleared so that we can be together this is an ego defense mechanism. The ego does not want to accept the end of a relationship because it does not want to feel the pain. So it creates those scenarios where, well, if we can heal all the discordant energies, if we can heal all the ancestral trauma, then we will be back together. 
um, so let's do it, right? I'm going to study different healing modalities. I'm going to go to many healers. And once this is done, then I will get what I want. It's very good to study different healing modalities and go to many healers. But the underlying problem that the ego doesn't see is that it doesn't want to deal with the pain. There is a pain buried underneath. So as long as we are refusing to feel the pain, we are still linked to that person. Or let's turn it around. As long as we refuse to disconnect from that person, from our twin flame, our soulmate, our loved one, we are avoiding the pain. This is very common in uh, grieving the death of someone, especially in Western cultures, um, in some cultures at least, where death is a taboo, um, where you know it has to be ritualized in a very particular way. We can't talk about uh, death, we can't talk about people dying, we say they passed away, we don't really observe um, the, you know, we maybe most of us have never seen uh, someone actually die or there is a fear around dead bodies, so we relegate those. And what at the funerals there is a code of conduct, etc., and then how to deal with death. So the culture is uh, terrified of death, which is yet uh, an inevitable part of life again. But this happens often in the case of a death of a loved one, especially sudden death or unexpected death or untimely, where people go to mediums, for example, or psychics, or create. Um, a bond, a connection, they refuse to let this cord go to an aspect of that uh, dead person. They refuse to let this cord go because letting this cord go would mean that they would have to face the pain of separation. And that pain is unbearable. At least to the ego, it truly is unbearable. And it seems that you will die if you face this pain. And that's true. We need to take the take the time, of course. Sometimes it takes a year or two years or three years to get that strength to face the pain. Uh, but to the ego, it is it equals death. So it starts creating these protective mechanisms, these structures, these, you know, images, the idealized pictures to hold on to, to avoid feeling the pain. And so sometimes we have to go through grief of separation, either to a loved one who, who passed away or to a loved one who left us. We have to go through that process of separation in increments, in, you know, little steps allowing, eventually weaning ourselves off of that energy because it is so unbearable to just cut the bond off and to face the fact that we are separate. But as long as we refuse to grieve a loss of a relationship, we will remain 
tied in and the pain will not do its work. Now, what is the work of the pain? I'm talking about ego here. Um, this, you know, our personality, our lower self, if you like. The ego is not evil. It's our inner protector, the lower self. And without... Some people, you know, some people ask, well, is it really possible to do it without pain? Why does this journey have to be all about suffering and clearing and, uh, um, you know, pain and facing the, the, the childhood wounds, these wounds, that wounds? <laughs> is that journey all about joy as well? Well, and the problem is that for the ego, yes, the journey of spiritual evolution is all about pain. It's either pain or illusion. So it's either you create an illusion. For example, I've had um, several clients, a couple of clients, who've gone to healing sessions for years, a number of years, two, three years, but they were not ready to take that step of surrendering, of letting go. So there was the motive for every healing session, every spiritual um, undertaking, let's say, everything they did was so that they could be together with their twin flame, right? For example, for some people, maybe they will go to a medium or just talk to their uh, dead uh, loved one because they can't let go because this is a, a bond, a link that they refuse to release. And again, I'm not talking about this in the sense of right or wrong. It is what it is. It's not right or wrong. Um, but I'm talking from the point of view of what happens at the level of the soul and the ego, what experiencing the pain can do for our spiritual evolution and for actually releasing the pain. So ultimately, it's all about joy. But as long as we are unable to feel the pain, and it can go on for a lifetime or many, many, many lifetimes, the same situation will keep repeating over and over and over again until we are finally ready to feel the pain. To the ego, this pain, it feels like dying. It literally is dying. And, you know, some people, as they say, they die of a broken heart, they die of pain, because the ego cannot bear it so it literally the body goes with it it drains it of the life force <clears throat> but the all of these um you know refusals to see the reality they cover up the the pain and for the ego mind for this lower self Pain is the only way, the only way to make a spiritual evolution. Transformation on the level of the ego is not possible without pain. So from this level, yes, this journey is all about pain. We cannot be transmuted and transformed and go level up, go rise up in our vibration without pain. Now that I brought you sufficiently low and promised you eternal pain, I'm going to talk about joy. 
the pain and the ego, that's not the purpose of life. It's the illusion. That's what actually tears us apart and hurts us. Pain is not the healer. Pain is uh, an indicator, right? Even if you go to the doctor, well, pain is a sign that something is not working. Something is not okay in the body, but it's not the healer. Healing has to come from outside this reality, outside the, the wounding. Only love is the healer. And this pain of separation is also an indicator, just like in a medical situation. Pain is a sign of something going wrong. And it's an indicator of something that happened at the highest level, at the highest possible level, at the level of the soul. Ultimately, all our wounds of separation and the grief of separation, of losing love, they go back to the wound of our first incarnation, the wound of separation from source, from the Creator. Now, whether or not you believe in God or what you call that reality, the source of all that is, it is not so relevant at this point. But think that at the origin of the universe, everything was one, right? And then this union burst open in a big bang and everything separated and everything started pulling away, becoming individualized, becoming separate, the space between the atoms, the space between people, various souls individuated. So this is actually the original pain of separation that everyone and everything carries in their essence, in their souls, in their core of the being. And it's mirrored in the uh, relationship wounds that we in the bonding wounds that we received as children growing up, you know, bonding wounds from our parents, and then is reflected in our adult life as the relationship problems, which mirror, again, those bonding wounds. <coughs> and the main, um, those primary wounds are rejection. So rejection is this pain of why have you abandoned me? Why have you rejected me? You were fine with me before. Think of a soul that is now individualized, that is now kicked out of paradise. God was loving me before, and now he rejected me. Why did you kick me out? What have I done to you? You accepted me before, and now I am not acceptable to you anymore. That is then reflected, of course, growing up at one point or another, every single one of us felt rejected by their parents, 
maybe a father was always angry, or maybe a father didn't want uh, a boy, wanted a girl, didn't want a girl, wanted a boy. He rejected me. The personality, the ego, receives it as men don't want me, men reject me, or women don't want me, women reject me, or I am rejected by everyone. I'm not accepted. Rejection is that wound of feeling not good enough, right? I'm not, I don't even know what's wrong with me, but you have just cast me away. And somehow the ego creates this protective mechanism whereby we start recreating the life situations that in the end make us rejected. We reject others to protect ourselves as well and perpetuate that wound. Then, of course, abandonment is another aspect of this. My God, why have you abandoned me? Now I am left alone, right? I am a separate soul. I am an individual. And you have left me without your protection. As children, I'm sure we felt abandoned by our parents at least once. Some always think of mother being too busy, coming home late, forgetting to pick you up from daycare, or father leaving, or mother leaving. Think of all the ways our relationships made us feel abandoned. And then someone dying, for example, leaving us, abandoning us, or a parent dies when we were little kids and we are still angry or sad at them for abandoning us. Anger is a more yang type of reaction to grief, to to the pain of separation, right? You bastard, why have you abandoned me? It goes outward, whereas sadness is a more yin type of reaction to the grief of of separation, whereby it goes inside um, and is unable to express. It just collapses upon itself. But the wound of abandonment, again, is that primary wound that comes from the origination of our souls and then is reflected, mirrored in our lives and reflected outwards. Someone who was abandoned wants to dominate, wants to be in charge and then of course gets abandoned himself because nobody wants to be dominated. Betrayal is another aspect of this primary wound or another primary wound. God betrayed me, right? God was there with me and now he tricked me 
into individuating, into becoming a soul, and is not there for me anymore. I am here left to fend for myself. So God betrayed me. My father or my mother betrayed me because they left, for example, or my uh, uh, husband of uh, 20 years betrayed me and died before me, right? So now I am left alone to fend for myself. So this, this is a very deep um, wounding that we most often, you know, will remember from the some situations related to growing up to the inner child and those with betrayal as the strongest, the deepest wound of separation um, would seek control. So this would be obsessive compulsive or control freaks who want to control and manipulate others so that they are not betrayed, right? So you will want to control um, the partner, your partner, for example, so that they don't betray you. Now, the problem is a person who is being controlled, what are they going to do? They're going to hide from you and they're going to do things behind your back because they cannot live with the amount of control and what is going to happen, they will betray you. So the wound is being perpetuated over and over and over and over again, not just in this lifetime, but lifetime after lifetime, these dominant wounds, although we have them in some combination, but usually a person would have one that is dominant. And, and so this will be reflected in all those life situations. And shame. Aside from rejection, abandonment, betrayal, we also carry shame as that primary, not a wound as such, but a response. Something must be wrong with me. That's why God abandoned me. That's why God rejected me. That's why God betrayed me. There can be no other reason. I am left alone. I am separate because something must be wrong with me. I have no idea what it is, but something must be horribly wrong with me. That's shame. Think if your parents, for example, when you were a little baby in the womb, if uh, parents wanted a, a boy and found out it was a girl. On a, in a conscious memory, you don't remember anything, but the subconscious mind, the soul, bears this awareness that, oh, something must be wrong with being a girl, right? It's not right, so something must be terribly wrong with me if they don't want me for who I am. Think of all the times when you were not accepted for who you are as a child, not heard for who you are, and that makes the most of us, because we all had to hide and we all weren't heard for or seen for exactly what we are. But the wound of shame, the or rather the energy of shame, it makes us collapse into ourselves, right? To feel that 
well, you know, something must be wrong with me, so I am not good enough as the person who I am. So I will try to please everyone. I will try to adapt to be someone else. I will try to please people. I will create this role, this um, external image that will appeal to people so that they accept me. This is very common for sensitive souls and what it attracts is narcissists or codependent behavior where you know they tolerate the narcissistic tendencies of others then the wound gets perpetuated because somebody is a narcissist again so something must be horribly wrong with me because I am always attracting narcissists, so more shame. So these experiences of grief and separation, they actually, their purpose is to bring up this origin, original wound. The problem with the ego is that it doesn't really want to go there, it doesn't want to experience pain. But the way to transcend the ego and to experience joy is to go into this pain, first of all, and to acknowledge that these feelings, these wounds exist, that yes, I do feel rejected, abandoned, betrayed. I've been trying to avoid it and creating protective layers over it, but I'm going deeper and deeper within this wound because that's what my life experiences are bringing me to. But increasing the vibration, it, part of this process happens automatically when we are willing to observe what is actually happening. And when we become aware that this pain is the pain of the soul, the pain of separation that we experience is actually a pain of our soul, a pain of the original separation. So all of the um, situations, all of the separations in our life, in our relationship, they are a mirror um, a scenario, uh, you know, something that happens, something that mirrors to us that first original pain. Once that realization is there, we can look at those experiences from above. And I don't mean to minimize the pain of losing someone you love. But once we have the awareness that this pain is a reflection of the original wound, our vibration rises. The vibration goes up and because we recognize the core of what, what actually happened. We recognize that at the core of all of this pain is the longing for union with God, for union with the divine. And you may have heard it already, you know, 
for example, when people talk about twin flame separation, they say that it's a reflection of the pain of separation as such, because we live as separate souls. And so this is exactly what it is. That grief, that pain of separation, is actually our soul screaming for union with God. And so it recreates. And the whole world, in fact, is screaming for union with God and recreates the separation experience over and over again. So while we live, of course, in the world of individuality and, and 3D and we recognize it and accept it, and we can raise our vibration once we are ready to see that pain as longing for divine union and to consciously start approaching that divine union through practices such as meditation, such as healing, but a very honest healing, looking at ourselves, such as being willing to face the pain first, of course, finding the courage to sit with that grief and to let go of that relationship, of that someone who you were hoping to bring back with all your healing practices that never worked. They did work. They just opened a deeper layer of pain and the ego got stuck because it doesn't want to go there. But from the ego perspective, yes, spiritual development is all about pain, <laughs> horrible pain over and over again. But thankfully, the ego does not have to run the show, right? So what, what I'm trying to get at here is that going level up and recognizing the pain as a reflection of our original pain, as a scream for, you know, longing for the divine union, it gets us out of the ego reality at once. So then we can look at our soul and find a path to divine union. It's impossible without facing the pain first because we have to grieve the impossibility, the, um, the fact that something has ended, that it's over. And sometimes it takes years to accept the fact that, you know, it's over, that that person is never coming back into our lives, that it is never going to be the same as it was, that it's done. But the pain, once we are ready to face that pain and to actually grieve it, we can go from that brokenness into longing for a union with the divine, because that's actually what what the pain is there to show us. And it's, it's a process, of course. But, um, and in terms of relationships and, um, you know, unwilling, not being willing to let go, um, because you have also heard the stories of, uh, you know, people reuniting and then people hoping that after death they will meet their loved ones, etc. Letting go and surrendering the relationship, saying it's over, grieving its end, it's an opening 
of the heart. It's an opening to go up in vibration, to stop living in suffering, to stop choosing suffering. What it has to do for your relationship, for whether or not you will see each other again, whether or not it may be a better reality, that's a totally different question. It may or may not happen. You may be reunited after 20 years and live happily ever after. But the only way for you to be reunited is actually to face the pain of separation and then to accept it as a call towards union. So somehow, you know, we, we turn around just like people who are afraid to be betrayed, try to control and therefore get betrayed over and over again. We're doing the same with our pain of separation. We refuse it and we get separated over and over again. So we can go to that second level, to the higher level of love, where we stop choosing suffering, where all there is is joy and love and abiding peace, even though we will still have the experience of separation and we can still observe how the ego gets wounded and how it gets those um, childhood traumas brought up, right, and how uh, people may still reject us or abandon us or betray us, but at the higher level we no longer identify with that. Um, remember, well, I don't know if you remember or if you even heard of it, um, there was a movie uh, by Guy Ritchie, The Revolver, a brilliant, brilliant artwork, absolutely incredible um, it's a parable on ego death and there is a scene there where um, there's like an internal monologue where the main uh, hero uh, starts discussing with his ego he always had a fear of he was claustrophobic and he gets stuck in an elevator and uh, he finally has a breakthrough and he says you are not me and the elevator starts going and he has conquered his fear. Um, and that's exactly all that we can do in this experience is to tell the ego, you are not me. And recognize that there is a part of us that always abides in love and joy and in presence and in the boundless now while allowing ourselves to grieve and to experience pain, to experience sadness. Everything that I said about ego and about pain and about grief, it does not mean that we have to run away from it, that it is somehow more spiritual not to grieve, not to feel sadness, but to just stay positive. Avoid negativity, right? Think positive. I don't need any negativity in my life. That's another ego mechanism. It's just hiding the pain in a different guise, right? Either you hide it through um, anger or um, avoiding reality or, you know, 
doing everything to bring back uh, the lost love or going to mediums or whatever it is or you avoid uh, negativity it's the same mechanism no all i'm saying is that we accept everything and there is a time to grieve and it's actually very important in terms of losing a loved one losing a significant relationship it really needs a lot of grieving feeling the pain and feeling the memories of other times that this pain brings up and still going back and back and back all i'm saying is that the origin of this pain is not in the relationship itself the origin the true origin in this of this pain is in the separation from source in our own experience of separation that's the origin of our grief once we learn to accept it and to start moving back towards the source towards oneness then also our grief it we rise above it there is a part of us that experiences that grief and we love that part but we are no longer that we are more than that so we love that part but we connect to a higher part of ourselves and we accept everything this world and the source and then eventually we recognize that all is one and again that's not an intellectual understanding it's an experiential one so grieving true grieving grieving separation grieving loss is very important and it's a precious it's a gift it's one of the most important gifts that we have to open ourselves up to open our hearts and to start going back to who we really are but it's important to actually grieve to experience the pain and the first step of this process is to acknowledge the end of a relationship the end of a story to say that it is over that's where we very often get stuck right that's where we are we still link ourselves to the other person we refuse to acknowledge the pain and therefore our hearts don't get opened we don't experience the divine and so the pain perpetuates it it keeps coming over and over again so it's a call it's a call to awakening it's a call to go higher and without going deeper meaning also deeper into pain we can't go higher but the goal is never the pain <laughs> the goal is joy is is bliss is presence and bliss is not denial bliss is not saying oh pain doesn't exist it's an illusion aha i'm going to feel lovely no that's that's ridiculous right but that's how many people try to interpret it to again avoid going into pain and just uh, again it's another ego mechanism so we have to observe those those roles those mechanisms those uh, um, ways how you know our personality protects its wounding but always remembering that the true the first source the original source of separation and grief is not between us and someone else it's between us and 
the creator or better still between our soul and the source of all that is because our soul is now separate now that's the great mystery of the universe and that's why also we do all the spiritual work and the akashic records and meditation and uh, trying you know to bridge that gap that's why we have all those experiences and pain is one way of awakening us to it but it's by no means uh, the end or of course not the goal so I hope I didn't confuse you um, even further this is a bit of a complex subject um, to talk to to talk about um, to talk into because um, there is there are strong emotions and strong feelings and very often the pain of separation is so intense that we really need to gather strength to actually go into so we peel the layers one by one and that's that's normal especially when we are sensitive um, when we're empaths when we are energetically sensitive emotionally sensitive so this is absolutely normal it takes time but I just wanted to point out that there is a reality beyond pain. There is a reality beyond separation and it's just um, awakening to it. So with this, I wish you many blessings until next time. And uh, I hope to connect with you soon again.